and two Semper sometimes with Benny. So um, I got G-Man here with us. Um, so he is a mass sergeant in the Marine Corps. And um, we're just going to talk just a little bit about who he is, talk about his career, talk about his entrepreneurial, you know, exploits and everything that he's really just done in his life. And the reason why I wanted to have him out here is to just kind of talk about um, just how he's been able to utilize the Marine Corps in a way to to help him just grow as a person and become successful while still being in the Marine Corps. Uh, and the reason for that is because a lot of people have that mentality that you join the military right out of high school and you die um, or that you join the military and it's like the worst thing ever. So I really want to just start talking to people that have good examples and good life stories that they can share with people. So without further ado, um, G-Man, give us a kind of just give us a brief overview of, you know, who you are, where you come from and kind of just talk first thing. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good evening. I don't know where you're at. I hope you're listening to this. Uh, Brian Gomez here, Mass Sergeant Gomez, active duty Marine Corps for the last 19 years. Uh, enlisted out of the Bronx, New York. I enlisted out of the Bronx during that time of 9-11. Uh, I went to my house and my recruiter, and my mother was there. He had to get parental consent in order for me to be able to enlist in the Marine Corps during the time of war. And I only say that because I'm still alive to this day, 19 years later, uh, by the grace of God, of course, and, and by the powers that be and the plan that's ahead of me. Uh, so, yeah, come from the Bronx, Puerto Rican, spent some time on the island, enlisted at the age of 17. I've been doing this for the last, like I said, 19 years, and, and it's been a blessing. It's been an amazing time that I spent in the Marine Corps so far. I've met a lot of great people. I lost some good friends, but I've gained a lot, of, a lot more throughout the time. And this is where we are right now. I'm currently out in San Jose, California. was in New York for a long time on recruiting duty, and I'm currently in the West Coast, doing the similar things that I was doing out in the in the east. So it's been a little bit of a transition as well, going from east to west, but it's also been a blessing coming out to the west coast. So just a little quick intro on myself. Hopefully that gets the ball rolling in the right direction. So you grew up in the Bronx? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I was uh, born in the island of Puerto Rico. I moved to the Bronx at the age of uh, 12 to 13-ish. Uh, spent some time there. Then I went to high school in the Bronx with the Clinton High School out in, in the Mashula Parkway. So anybody that enlisted at the Bronx knows Mashula Parkway out there. It had Tracy Towers. I only mentioned Tracy Towers because it was a little hot back then. But <laughs> Clinton High School, yeah, Clinton High School is a good good school. Uh, during that time, played sports there, you know, the whole baseball thing. Growing up, so it was it, it was a good time for me in high school. I didn't speak much much English, uh, but it took us a little bit to get acclimated to the English and the environment. Where because I played sports, uh, I was able to kind of fare well during mm. my initial years over there. Got you, got you. So, um, so what what specifically was it that drew you to the, to joining the Marine Corps? Like, why why the Marine Corps? Like, how did that all happen? Uh, the re reality, I, I don't have no other reason other than nine eleven. You know, in 9 I was looking out, out of the windows, and when we saw the first, when the first plane hit during that time, we weren't really sure what was going on, you know? And then we all, yeah. our school running around, we just knew that they were closing the schools, they were sending people home, but the trains weren't working. A little bit of chaos, and around that, at the middle of the morning, that second plane struck, and we were able to see from the school, because we had a five, six-story school, so you could see into the city, so a lot of people in the windows kind of watching, so... 
you know, we, we saw the plane strike and that's when we knew something was going on. And a little bit after that, I had spoken to the recruiter briefly, uh, Gunny Castaneda during that time, but I had not done anything yet because I needed to speak to my mom. I needed parental consent. I was 17 at the time. Uh-huh. So after 9-11, man, it's, it's just like a calling. But early on in my life, when I was a kid, I want to say five, six years old, I did see my uncle in the dress blues. And I can tell you, that's the first time I ever remember. That's one of my vivid memories as a child, now that I'm in the Marine Corps, where my uncle, when he rests in peace, Tio Aníbal, he retired as a master gunnery sergeant in the oh, Marine Corps. Oh, damn. Uh, yeah, he passed away uh, a couple of days after I graduated boot camp, which I was oh, able man. to render. Uh, he was in Maryland. I was able to render a salute, a final salute oh. to him as a PFC. That's awesome, so man. That's that's awesome, dude. Yeah, so his final words were simplify. You know, that was that was my uncle. So that's that's really how I started. I was a kid, but 9-11 was what drove me, man. Uh, seeing that, not knowing at the time anything other than this can't happen again, you know? No, definitely, man. Um, so so you join the Marine Corps and and what happens what happens next? Like, do you have any kind of like so you've been in the Marine Corps in 19 years? So I know if we sit here and recap 19 years, <laughs> we'll be here, we're gonna be here all night, right? Uh, nah, <laughs> um, I give you I, I give you the short version because I yeah. have two different I, I have two different stories when it comes to the Marine Corps, right? Okay. My first nine my first nine years in the Marine Corps. I was in the infantry, nine, almost, almost 10. I was in Camp June, North Carolina, 2nd Battalion, 6 Marines. Uh, and if you know anything about the infantry, you know during that time, things were a little hot. Yeah. Uh, I, went to yeah, Iraq, yeah. I went to Iraq, which, you know, went to Iraq multiple times, did multiple deployments back to back. Yes, I was in combat, I saw combat. Uh, and a lot of my guys, you know, came home and some of us did not return, you know. And, and that's the side of, of me that I don't, I don't share often with just anyone. Uh-huh. Um, but but it's out there. And that's the side of me that a lot of people don't know, don't know about because all they see is G Man, right? They see G Man, yeah. uh, the energy on Instagram and and, and 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 just moving around, always doing things. And that's my second career, which I became a recruiter. You know, once I became a recruiter in the Marine Corps, that's when the transition ha- started happening and started evolving. And that's when the social platforms started taking a, a turn, right? And we started utilizing the internet a little bit more. So once I became a recruiter. You know, I've always been involved when, with the community. What, what, sorry to interrupt you, what year was that yeah. when you became a recruiter? Um, 2012, end of 2012, I went to 13. Okay. I, I, went, I went to recruiting duty. So I was in, because I went to New York from the infantry side. I went on I&I duty, inspect the instructor staff in New York. Okay. And, and then from there, I went recruiting. So I spent most of my time, for the most part, of, I did my time in recruiting I was a station commander and uh, com- command group member in First Marine Corps District in the East Coast for a while. So, so I've only, you, only been in the West Coast. So you're currently yeah. a um, you're currently a prior service recruiter, right? Or the, correct. You're, well, you're, but your your MOS is prior service recruiter, right? Well, my MOS is I'm a career recruiter. I'm a yeah, career, I'm yeah, yeah, my bad. My bad. But but to answer your question, yes, I'm, I'm currently a career recruiter now. But what we do is we my recruiters are working with marines who are either transitioning out of active duty into the reserve component or guys who are within the IRR not the reserve status right gotcha, they have gotcha. that time left on their back of their current contract and they EAS and they get out and they're just trying to bring them back into the reserve component in mm-hmm. some sort of form or fashion we got you got you components within the reserve so yeah that's what my guys do man they try okay. to Okay, so from the jump, you came out here as a PSR, not a normal canvassing recruiter. Is that correct? 
uh, where where on on recruiting duty, correct? Yeah, so yeah. My, so this so my transition was so I did my first nine years on active duty, yep. and then as I'm getting ready to transition now, I went into the what's called active reserve program. Oh, okay, uh, okay. That was that was the transition over to the prior service side. Gotcha. I was gonna get out. I had some family issues going through. At the time, I was thinking, ah, I'm getting out the Marine Corps. I'm gonna do something else. But the my career planner, and then the process recruiter, and also the monitor during that time, I looked out. Uh, Master Gun Smith came up, spoke to me. He said, "Hey, G, this is what we could do. You know, I could keep you here on I and I a little longer, but what are you gonna do after that?" And I said, "If I can stay, then I want to be." I told him, "I want to go and recruit and do that. I want to be a career recruiter, not knowing." much of the prior service world and what would I be doing during that time. But it turned out to be a blessing for me, you know, the last uh, 10 years. Gotcha. Gotcha. So um, one of the, one of the questions, the reason why I was kind of asking you what year and everything like that is because, you know, you're, you're someone who's been in the Marine Corps 19 years um, and you've seen the evolution of my trying to insult your age, but you, you've seen the evolution of recruiting because in 2002, you guys didn't, you know, you guys weren't utilizing, you know, Instagram or, or social media to recruit, <laughs> no, you know no. what I mean? So no, there, was, there was none of that. Yeah, there right. Was none of that. So so my question really for you would be, you know, because a lot of a lot of people, you know, at your rank are still a lot of people are still not about it. A lot of people still don't agree with the social media craze. A lot of people don't agree with it, right? So my question for you really is just like, how do you feel about it? Clearly, I know you have a huge social media platform, but you know, how did you get into the social media and how did you make it work for you like as a, you know, as an entrepreneur and also as a Marine? Well, first and foremost, I've never forgotten that the Marine Corps first, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. And one thing I do know, one thing, one thing I do know is that we adapt and we overcome, right? And mm. we, we, we make we changes, right? If you don't adapt, you become a dinosaur and then you're not relevant. And in this, this world that we're in, we have to be relevant, not only with the, you know, going up, but we have to be relevant than going down and left to right. So it's a full circle, right? So for me, I've always been involved with the community. And I always, you know, I did a lot of Toys for Tati, man. I was always just getting my name out there. Because uh, aside from just a prior service recruiting, my, my job as a Marine recruiter during that time was just to let the people know that I'm out here. And when we started, when I started recruiting, that was my whole goal. It was just to let as many people know who I am and what, what do I do, what is my purpose, and how can I assist them. You know, whether that be Marines and non-Marines, anybody, right? Because uh, if you do that, people know who you are. People know how to find you. And the people are going to want to help you. And you help people, they're going to want to help you back. So when social media started taking over, man, I was already in the fitness. I just I already knew. I knew in the direction it was going. You know, I knew in the direction it was going. I sensed that I felt it. Uh, and I just wanted to be a part of it as it was going. And, and it's taken me a while because, you know, I haven't really been uh, what I would say, I've been involved, but it's, it's still a hard thing to do because if you don't believe in it and put yourself out there, you're going to be concerned with what people say about you or whatever the case is, then then you're not going to really capitalize on it and maximize the ability to get its returns. It makes sense. Yeah, no, that's exactly, definitely crazy because um, it, it really is that, you know, because you look at people like, you know, like yourself who have all these hundreds of thousands of followers, and you're like, bro, how did that happen? And the reality of it is it didn't happen overnight. You know, it, it took, you know, days and, and weeks and months and years. Um, so it's something that you just got to, keep you know, put that love into. So my question would, would be really, where do you find that your success stem, stems from? 
and where would you say like what's your driving factor to to do all of these things to juggle a career and to juggle you know your your own thing outside of the Marine Corps? Well, it's it's all impact, man. It's all impact. Like I want to have an impact, and the real the the real individual who I want to have an impact on is my seventeen year old son. You know, I have a seventeen year old son and a thirteen year old daughter, and when I do certain things and when I post on social media or when I talk about certain things. It's really just to reach out to him because nowadays that's where the, that's where the community's at, right? That's where the kids are at, that's where everybody's at, and I know he's watching. So because I'm not home with him, he is in New York, uh, and he is going to high school and he's going through his own phases. But the Marine Corps has me out here, you know, the sacrifices that we have to make in order to make mission. And that was my mer- that was my driving factor initially, just just my son and my daughter, and let them know that what I'm doing out here and what how I'm trying to continue to ensure that they're developing and growing because let's be honest social so the kids control social media and if you control social media the kids and you're able to influence the kids the the kids those are the they're the future man they're the future and the future is now and the kids are controlling it so if you can impact and influence the kids uh that's what's going to go forward but when it comes to like my my fitness and my business side you know that was just being able to give something back to the community that the marine corps is giving me and my partner tony and Irvin, you know, just being able to sh- show a little bit of what we've been through for the mental aspect of it. You know, not physically, but just mentally, how we train and how we focus and prepare to complete our tasks, you know? Yeah. So um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Like what? So I, I personally don't even know. Uh, I just know that you have a business. and I know that you're an entrepreneur. I don't even know really what it is. So can you tell us a little bit about that, how it got started and what the whole background <clears throat> of it is and what you do? So it's, it's, it's called Mistani. It's called MSTA. It's MSTANY, Military Style Training Academy in New York. And it's, it, we were going to call it Marine Style Training, but then people will get too scared, I think. So we just <laughs> went, with military, we went with Military Style Training Facility. And it, it's just that, man. It's a personal uh, training group setting where we do classes. It's, it's all it is is high intensity. You know, but what we give people is a little bit of what you and I went through when we went through boot camp. Not necessarily the same, right? Uh, a little similar, although our classes do get tough from time to time and people do enjoy them. And it was just that, giving something to the community, man, because fitness, mental toughness, and, and health, you know, can go hand in hand, especially when some, some of us are struggling, whether it be mentally or physically, you know. So, Mastani, I used to train at a place called Pure Power Boot Camp. I always shot them out, Lauren Brenner, where I started in New York when I first got stationed there, making a little extra cash or whatever. But then they closed down, and then I just took it out upon myself to incorporate our style, Marine Corps style, cadence, screaming, yelling, uh, pushing people to that next level and getting them all the hurdles and the walls that they have in their head. And it just worked out so far. We've been alive for the last six years, going on seven. We survived COVID. And, and, and it's been a blessing, man, because not only help other people, it's helped myself to kind of get, you know, our, to kind of put our issues, you know, issues that we might be going through, but helping other people help me. While we're helping them, they're helping us, myself, Tony, John, uh, all the other trainers that are standing. Most of our train, most, well, right now, all of my trainers are former Marines or Marines that are still on active duty. And, and they're the ones running the show right now while I'm in California. So it's been a blessing uh, being able to continue to serve and do what I love, which is being a recruiter instructor and helping the Marines and continue to have the business in New York. So it's a little bit of, of Mastani, a little long-winded, but just no, a little yeah. bit of what we've been doing. No doubt. So um, here's a question for you. Leadership. Can you tell me about, 
like kind of like how do you how do you you know as a as a master in the in the marine corps and a business owner what is your id like your id um your idea of leadership like how do you how do you because i know there's so many different ways to lead right so what's a question yeah yeah i know so what's like your like what's kind of your approach to it especially being a psr you know being in charge of those guys and trying to get people that have already been in the marine corps back into the marine corps like how do you how do you go about that as a leader it's all leadership comes in many different ways and different forms. Right? You read books on it. You have all these uh, all these theories out there, whatever the kid, all these other things going on. But right now, my, my best approach is always take care of your people. You know, and whenever you take care of your people, uh, and you genuinely care about the situation, you're able to be stern and firm. But you also to be able to you're able to get their loyalty, in Marines, and people want to work for you. And people want to train with you. Uh, so it's leadership, not likership. And as a leader, you got to realize that it doesn't mean that you're the smartest in the group by no shape or the form, you know, you got to be willing to allow people around you to influence and help you make the best decisions, you know? So sometimes as a leader, you're not going to be the smartest in the group, but you're the one that can control the situation and manage around and always come up with the best outcome for the team. Cause at the end of the day, it's about the team. And that's how I view everything, especially on recruiting duty. Not not only PSR or, or it's just regular recruiting as well. You got to take care of your recruiters and your Marines. That doesn't mean that they got to like you because it's going to come a time where uh, you have to make that tough choice and you have to hold your Marines accountable. You know, from the infantry days, my infantry, and that's why I, 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 I don't like to say that. I don't say this often, but I'm going to say it right now. And I used to joke around, not joke, but I used to say I used to kill people for a living. Now I got to talk to them. <laughs> my, my infantry days, it, you know, it was authoritative leadership. It was stern. It was hard. We were training to fight. And we were training to go to war. There was no, you know, sugar coating. There was no candy. Nothing. There was. We were going to war. I joined the Marine Corps to go to war, and and that was no effort to bust. So the training was hard. It was tough, but I still had some great leaders that cared for me. And as I became a squad leader and I became a platoon sergeant, I was taking care of my people. You know, and, and by taking care of your people. There's going to come times where they're not going to like you because of the decisions you got to make. And you have to be okay with that because at the end of the day, you're looking out for their best interest. However, you, I'm surrounded by a bunch of smart individuals who are helping me come with the best decisions. Does that make sense? No, it makes complete sense. And it's actually crazy that you that you kind of talk about it like that because I was actually listening to a uh, a podcast earlier today with um, Joe Rogan and Marcus Luttrell. And um, and that was a lot about what he talked about was leadership and how he did that. Um, and, and one of the biggest things that he was just talking about was how, you know, his father used to just say, I'm not your friend. I'm, I'm your father. And 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 exactly like I'm not competing. You know, I'm not con- like saying, hey, you're someone's dad. But, you know, like when it comes to those Marines, like at the end of the day, like I'm not I'm not your your friend. I'm, I'm your master. You know, I'm your I'm a leader who's going to be there as your friend, but realistically there, there has to have that reverence. You know what I mean? And, um, and then at the same time, like one of the, one of the things he said that really, really got me was he said, um, the only easy day was yesterday. And, and he's, and he's talking about, and he says, let the day carry you through. So I, I think a lot of, you know, what happens is that we just get so caught up in, in so many different things. And, and it's good to have people like you who are like, listen, bro, at the end of the day, it's about the team. It's about the fight. 
and it, we're we're all you know strong together as one. But at the end of the day, you got to be that leader. You know what I mean? Correct. And 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 it's, it's the, we all and that's the main the main thing I like to focus on is like we we all in this together. We all in it at different levels, but we're all in it together, especially on, on this duty recruiting, right? Or especially, or, or in my, and the training facility, uh, Mistani, where, you know, in those classes, people are training and they're all going through their own mental struggle during that time. And they all suffering and they all hurting from the push-ups and pull-ups and push presses and barbell presses and all that stuff. But if you look around to your left and to your right, what do you see? Your, you bro people. your brothers, yeah, your brothers yeah, and sisters, exactly, yeah. Exactly. So you see people that are there struggling with you. So, you know, that's why I tell my recruiters, hey, call your recruiters on the left. Call your guys. See how they're doing. See what's going on. Check in on your people. Because it's, 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 it's a collective effort, man. And it's collective effort across the world right now. It's across the world where if people realize how we can just come together, as crazy as it sounds, but it's just if you take care of your small surrounding and your circle – you can continue to reach out and have range and, and touch other people, you know, and, and that's, that's, and now with the internet, you know, circling back to the initial talk about the social platforms, that's also beautiful about the internet, you know, and it's also dangerous, right? Because we are in the military and we are held to the standard, right? And we are held to the, to the uniform code and things like that. But as long as you're utilizing the platform correctly to influence and impact mm -hmm. other people, that's what brings us closer together as brothers. And then, yeah. and, and you could, you could talk to Marines and across the globe, you could talk to people in other countries and, and as you feel like you know each other when you're in the right space, you know, and you're doing the right thing. You know, it's crazy that you bring that up because, because, uh, so, so crazy story, right? So I have a very close friend of mine, um, that I deployed with to Afghanistan with, and I haven't really talked to him. I haven't really talked to him in a minute. In a minute. And, um, he's always been that person in my life that comes in and out of my life. Right. So recently, a couple months ago, he hit me up. It was before I started my podcast. And he was like, yo, why the F are you all over the Instagram? Why the F are you so like, he's like it's, like, it's like you have a different personality. And I was like, well, bro, first of all, we haven't talked in forever. So you don't really know my personality. It's changed over the years, right? Yeah, yeah. But, um, but, um, but what happened was he actually just recently became a police officer. And he was like, you know, I was like, well, uh, so he kind of was asking me like why I was on Instagram. And he was like, you know, there's no point in it. It's stupid. It's this, it's that. And I was like, I was like, you know why I'm still on Instagram? Because of this conversation we're having right now. Because la I was like, because if you, if I, if this wasn't happening, you wouldn't have, I have, wouldn't have engaged you and I wouldn't have reached out to you. And I was like, and now mind you, here I am starting a podcast. Like, bro, I just craziest shit. I just brought three Marines that haven't talked to each other since boot camp 10 years ago back together because of my podcast, because I know all three of them from different times in the Marine Corps. And then there you go. Yeah. And yeah. then and then on top of that, I actually had a dude on a podcast the other day. And the episode before him before him was my boy Ray. And this dude starts talking to me and he's like, yo, you know what's crazy? I was like, what's that? He's like, Ray was my corporal 10 years ago. And I was like, what? And now mind you, these two dudes were Marines together. They were, he was his corporal. He was his PF, He was the PFC. And now, twelve years later, now I, because of a podcast episode, the two of them just started hitting each other up. So, it, and it's, that's it's, the beauty of it, man. Yeah, that's the beauty. That's the beauty. You know, it's it's we we have to understand in the generation and the in the direction that we're going. And not, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but no, we have yeah, to understand in the direction that we're going. Us, even us older. I'm 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 36. You know, I'll be 37 in a couple of months. Uh, however, I feel like that we're blessed 
to be in this in this window right now where myself I can be relevant with the youth and I and I can be in conversations with older 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 folks and we understand and there's older folks who understand the value. Look at the people like you said, we're putting the content out there, right? We're putting ourselves out there. You're putting yourself out there with the podcast. I'm putting myself out there through the social platform and, and you're absolutely right. We people are connecting and people are finding each other. And who knows, maybe it's that one guy that needed that one person to connect with when he was at his last draw, getting ready to pull the trigger. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And 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 because we're putting ourselves out there and we're being genuine and we're being, I, I, I'm. That's one thing I would tell you. I, I'm me, on social media, off social media. I'm I'm the same individual. I, I'm probably more energetic and more hype in person <laughs> than I am on social. You know, and people that know me know that. And and that's not a facade. It's nothing. I just like. That's probably my problem that I need to work on myself is I can't please I can't please everyone, but I do want everybody around me to feel great when they leave my sight, you know, or just to look back and say, yo, I had a good time with G or it was just good being around around G for whatever, whatever it was, you know, whatever the moment was. And, and that's, why I, that's how I see Instagram and that's how I see all this platform, man, is it's about continuing to put good content out there because we got too much negative stuff going on, you know, and, and with our young Marines, that we're joining the, the Marine Corps and, and even the guys that are getting out, if you look about it, think about it, we haven't been in combat and we still pulling, we're pulling out of Afghanistan. The war temple's slowing down a little bit. You know, a lot of Marines that join the Marine Corps, maybe the infantry guys or this and that, they're not getting what they want. Uh, it, it's up to us, the leadership, to be able to keep our guys engaged for the fight because the fight is coming. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, what? it's crazy that you actually bring that up um, because it was a conversation that I was having recently with a couple of friends of mine because you know, a lot of a lot of people join the Marine Corps, like you said, to go fight a war. And and, and I, I don't want to say this like the wrong way, but unfortunately, that kind of died down. And now you have, you know, Marine infantrymen who've been in for six, seven, eight years and who've never, you know, gone over there to use that training. And 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 sometimes it affects them in an adverse way because they feel like and I just actually had this happen. I had a friend of mine who got off active duty and he literally was like. I don't want to say ashamed of the fact that he's a Marine, but he's like, bro, you know, what's really hurtful when people ask me, Hey, you know, have you ever been overseas? Have you ever been in combat? And they know that I'm an infantryman and I have it. And he's like, so a lot of, a lot, yeah. he's like, I, so he's like, I feel guilty that I even to call myself a Marine. He's like, sometimes I don't even say it. He's like, I don't even bring it up because of the fact nah, that I didn't, nah. I didn't serve. I didn't do anything. So what would you, what would you as, as a mass sergeant, as a man, like, what would you say to somebody like that? That feels that way. No, man, listen, at the end of the day, one, you qualify to join the Marine Corps. You're already winning, right? Not everybody qualifies to be a Marine, number one. <clears throat> number two, sorry. Once you join the Marine Corps, you actually chose to be an infantryman. Every, they say every Marine is a rifleman, but some Marines can't fire the rifle, and they're not infantry, and some infantrymen can't. But you decided to step in the footprints. You decided to enlist. You decided to do something that's part of, all, I think, it's 1%, right, of the individuals yeah. who are able to do this. So yeah. regardless of whether you've been in combat or not, you're you made the decision to become a Marine, and that's it. And and if you stay in longer, and I encourage guys to stay and pursue what they want to do and stay in the fight, the fight's gonna come, you know. And it's a blessing that right now we're not fighting, but we have to stay prepared. And you are a Marine, and you enlisted, and you continue to serve, and you're prepared. And if the fight doesn't come, then good. We still, you know, we still undefeated, and that that's all that matters. You know what I'm saying? Like. It, it, it's you can't put yourself in a negative light just because you weren't able to pull that trigger because for some of the guys that actually did pull the trigger and, and, and lost some guys 
you know, I prefer for you to be alive and continue to train and continue to build each other for the future because it's going to come. You know, one day or another, the war is coming and we got to maximize the time we have. And for the guys that are not able to go overseas, I, I see kids all the time, I, Marines, I tell them, I said, bro, educate yourself, read the books, go to the courses, go to all the training you can, because not only are you preparing yourself for the, the military, you're also preparing yourself for the future. So maximize your time and maximize your efforts while you're in. Do, do the most, you know, go and volunteer for everything. You know how the same Marines don't like to volunteer for nothing. If this is the time to volunteer, this is it. Go do something, go do a course, you know, get yourself together uh, and, and don't feel any, there's nothing negative about not going to combat. If you just, you enlisted, you're still there, you still raise your hand and combat is not a schedule for when combat happens. You know, it's not a schedule like, all right, next year <laughs> we're going to do this. No, yeah, it happens. Yeah. And the, well, the, 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 the regret is that you didn't do it when you could have done it. Yeah. No disrespect, to, no disrespect to a lot of people I meet. They say, oh, I was going to do this. Well, you did it. So yeah. I'm sorry, you know, but you did and you stayed and you enlisted, you know, kids that do that. So there, there's no negative to not going to combat. You know, you don't look down upon. You're still a badass Marine with some good training. And if you care and if you uh, implement your training and if you take care of your Marines, you, so now you're developing others, you know, and the longer you stay, you're helping other Marines come up. So now your leadership skills, your communication skills get better. And then you're preparing yourself to be a modern citizen in the civilian sector. If you do decide to get out, you know? No, definitely. So here's a question for you. What, because I know you said that you suggest that people stay in the Marine Corps. What has kept you in? And I know that you also said that at one point you were almost getting out. But now that, you know, you're 19 years in, what's what's kept you here so long? Like what? Like what? What is the the mentality? What is the the mental state? Like what? What's kept you pushing for so long? Well, I became a career recruiter. So once I became a career recruiter, people thought I was crazy. Like most people think when we become career recruiters, right? Yeah. Like, why would you want to stay doing that for so long? <laughs> All right. I know recruiters cringe when they see and hear career recruiters, but to me, it's just like I said earlier, man. I like to think that I'm still relevant, and I like to think that I still have an impact on 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 my guys and I'm still able to influence uh, the, the guys coming up and, and able to lead and able to make guys successful, you know, or, or give them the tools so they can be successful because I can't make anyone successful. They're going to have to want to do it. And, and nowadays because of social media and the internet and things like that, people measure success differently, right? People yeah. think cars and money and this and that, man, to me, success is right now having the recruit, you know, my the, the team that I am a part of, being number one in the nation and then completing mission early and finishing up the task and guys being able to take leave and, and go to their families and not have horror stories of recruiting duty because they're winning. That's success to me, you know, and, and I, I am able to do what I want to do because of the, the work that the recruiters are putting in because I don't get it confused by no, no means. The success that we're having as senior enlisted, especially on this duty, comes from the Marines putting in the work. We give them the tools, we coach them, we train them, and, and that's it. They do the work, you know, so not a day goes by that I'm not appreciative of the success I have because of my Marines, you know? Yeah, no, it's, it's actually – it's nuts because of what you said. So, like I told you before, I was listening to a couple podcasts today, and uh, this other guy I was listening to, he's a uh, he's actually a Christian motivational speaker, and uh, his name is Billy Al Alsbrooks. 
And um, one of the things I, I was listening, I ended up listening to a lot of his stuff today. Um, and one of the things he said is balance makes the warrior invincible. And it's crazy because a lot of what you're talking about is with your entrepreneurship and your, your story is just keeping everything balanced. So, so that would be, that's, that's kind of a question that I, I was leading into is like, how do you, two questions, how do you keep yourself balanced while having, you know, having a family, having a career, being in the Marine Corps. And then at the same time, how do you sharpen your skills being 19 years in the Marine Corps? How do you constantly sharpen yourself to be the person that's going to train those young men and women to do this job? It's, but I tell you what, it's, it it hasn't always been balanced. I haven't always had the good range. It takes some time and it takes some, some commitment, right? Uh, I am committed to ensuring that the team that I am a part of is successful. I am committed to the team. I've always put, that's one thing about me, is that I, although on social media, I'm everywhere, turning up, lifting weights and, lift, you know, hanging out. It's I've always been mindful of the reason why we're doing this is because the team is well-equipped and it's prepared. So I always put the team first. Uh, and I, whenever I put the team first and give without expecting anything in return, it's just been able to work out in the right direction. So having uh, the ability, if you are part of a team, which most of us are in one way, shape, or form, and if you're in a leadership position, is ensure that you're taking care of the people that are going to work for you. You know, and, and my goal as I'm uh, in, in this position is I want my I want the Marines that are with me to want to want to go to combat with me. There's no other way to put it. Like yeah. I want the Marines to feel like that. If we go to combat, the training that that we're getting is going to make us through. The so training that we're getting on uh, recruiting, the training yeah. that we're getting on recruiting is going to is going to allow us to continue to be successful. Yeah. So it's crazy that you actually bring that up, the whole combat thing, because I was going to ask you that as a because I'm not an infantryman, I'm I'm motor T, but. You know, when I was on recruiting duty and I was a staff in CIC and I was a recruiter, my 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 thing always was I computed it to being an infantryman. Um, and the reason yeah. why I say that is just because of the whole fire team aspect. So yeah. and, and a lot of my thought process is a lot of Marines on recruiting duty fail because they their RSSs, their offices aren't teams. They're, you know, yeah. they're, they don't have, they don't have that family lineage. They don't have that legacy and they don't have that teamwork and that esprit de corps, you know, in that office. And there's some, and you can attest to this as an 8412, there's a lot of offices that you walk into and you, you don't feel it. You don't feel the love of, yeah. of each other. You don't feel that teamwork. So, so my question really, um, you know, coming from you maybe is that what advice would you give for that? Cause at the end of the day, it's an office of five, maybe four Marines, and there's people who have different personalities. There's clashing yeah. people. There's so how how do you how do you deal with that in a way you know in in the infantry aspect because you know with your experience, but like how do you make sure that that fire team is going to be there for one another, and at the end of the day, you you're you're a cohesive unit. It starts from the top down, you know. It starts from the top down. It starts from my level. It starts from the, the senior enlisted level, and, and it starts with the command. It always starts with the command, you know, and the command is always needs to take responsibility for what's going on in the unit, you know, whether it be at the lowest level or at the highest level. If you're part of a command group, you got to foster that winning mentality, and it starts with us. 
It starts with us, with the senior leaders. We got to foster that mentality. And it's not faking the funk. It's not pretending. No, you got to believe in what you're doing and believe that what we're doing is going to work and it's going to make you successful. And that's how it took us down. And then that's how it starts taking care of the people. And transparency is to the best of our ability, right? Uh, whenever we were going on combat patrols, whenever we, we, we you know, as a squad leader, I can still, I remember to this day, Sergeant Major Ziggerfus was my company, Gunny Company, first song at the time. Uh, he's the man I won the combat band, and he was the first song. I didn't see him every day. Um, and I didn't see him every day, but he, I wanted to be that man when I was the PFC because of the way he conducted himself and what he was doing for the, for the company, how he took care of us. Uh, and it trickled down, and we had great squad leaders. Uh, Gunny Lineman was my weapons for Tucson. You know, I thought he was a Marine from Iwo Jima, reincarnated. This dude was like 6'2", <laughs> tall, white dude, big hands, strong, can do like 60 pull-ups as a gunny. Oh, and by the way, he was an AR Marine. He was an active uh, AR Marine like myself. That's when I first heard about the AR program. I was a young PSC. He was activated to come with us, attached to weapons platoon. He was the platoon son, and he took care of us. Uh, he was, he, was, he PT'd us to death, and we did gun drills forever. But he he took care of the platoon and nobody messed with the platoon. But he had buying from the first song, right? Him and the first song got along very well. And then it just trickles down to the squad leaders and, and, and the section leaders and on down, man. And you gotta foster that winning winning mentality, whether it be in business or whether it be in 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 the Marine Corps. You know, if you don't foster that winning mentality, then it could be a little challenging. You know, and if you're that station commander and you're the station commander for a reason, if there's little things outside of your control then you got to foster that winning mentality. You got to take control of the team and you got to be the one to, to coach people because it's, I will say this and I might piss off some people. <laughs> it's never a recruiter's job if he fails. It's, it's, it's never the recruiter's fault, I should say, if he fails. It becomes the recruiter's fault if he quits. But if he fails, then there's tools that we have available to train them and assist them. And if we're doing that to the best of our abilities, then it falls in the staff at CIC and, and myself as the recruiter instructor when I come out there to do some training. Yeah. Am I really focusing? Now, if the Marine quits and it happens, the Marines quit on themselves, that's a totally different story, you know? And even then, I'm still not going to let you quit. We're still going to go do everything that we can in our power. And that goes in, in the business of recruiting. It also goes in the fitness world, you know? I got clients that talk about, oh, I know my body. I know what I can and can't do. Meanwhile, they come to us. They trust us a little bit. We push them past the limitations, and now they're not quitting on themselves. They're pushing mentally, and now they're doing things that they, they couldn't thought was possible. You know, So it, it's all together, man, It's whether it be in the civilian set or the Marine Corps. And for myself, being involved with this is what keeps me sane. Being in the Marine Corps, being in recruiting, helping Marines, uh, being involved with the Mastani family, having military fresh network and, and and semper fresh and jimmy cox and tony and all of my people that i look up to is what keeps me going man so well i was I, in, I know i i'm glad you brought that up i was going to ask you about that so what is, what is that what is military fresh and semper fresh what's what is that oh that's uh that's a this is military it's similar to what we're doing so the military fresh network is pretty much to show and prove to the world that we can remain the unique individuals that we were meant to be while we're serving in the country, right? Mm -hmm. So, yes, we talk about teamwork and we talk about the, what the military standards are and, and abiding by the rules and regulations. However, we have our personalities. You know, we are individuals. We have talents. 
we have other tools available to us that we are able to now highlight and showcase through these platforms and the connections that we're making with our people. So the founder and CEO is Jimmy Cox. He did 23 years in the Army, uh, first time, and he's been working with uh, the DOD for the last 14 years, and he was the one that started it. And it's not only a social media platform, it extends further out than just social media. And I've, I've met some great people, connected with some great people, a lot of talented people, and it's just to show the world, just like similar to this, this this podcast that we're on, is that we 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 follow the rules. We you know, that's my utmost respect for my uh, military career is there. I never put the Marine Corps second to nothing. However, I have a personality. I have other aspirations that I feel I can continue to pursue while serving my country and being successful. And successful. Yeah. Thank you to my team. And, and you know, it's, it's I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up just because of the fact that, like, number one, that's one of the many reasons why I wanted to start this podcast was because be, when I was on recruiting duty, I wasn't a PSR. I was just an actual, I was just like a, a canvassing canvas, out yep. there trying to find those those new guys, right? And the biggest thing that I that I found that was the biggest the biggest hurdle that we had to get over is that, and I, I was having this conversation with you on the phone the other day. Um, you know, the Marine Corps, we have the, the Marine Corps Enlisted Opportunities book, right? And yep. and it's about, you know, yeah, there's that part of it at the end where you got Gunny Ermy and you got all these different people who were celebrities, you know, like Drew Carey and, you know, the, the other guy. But um, but those aren't people's faces that we know here where we're from. So someone from the Bronx that's listening to this podcast can now relate themselves to Brian Gomez, who's a 19-year master in the Marine Corps and who is a entrepreneur. And and the re- and then on top of that, you know, I was having a conversation with a close friend of mine on Saturday, um, very close friend of mine, family friend, uh, someone that I dearly look up to. And it, it, it kind of annoys me because as much as I look up to the dude, a lot of times he'll look at me or people that I know, family, my sister, you know, they'll be like, oh, you know, you join the military, you're going to die. And it's like, bro, I'm still here. <laughs> like, I'm still here, you know, and, and, yeah. and that's why. That's why I really started this, because especially as a recruiter out there, all you ever hear about is the negative stories, you know, and then you have parents who ask you about, well, if the military is so great, why do you have drug addicts? Why do you have this? Why do you have that? And that's why I wanted to start something like this. This is why I wanted to have someone like you on the podcast so that we could just talk about how you're in the Marine Corps, but yet you're still someone who yourself. And and it's good that you bring that up because a lot of people have this idea of, you know, a cult, um, indoctrination, or being a robot. And it's good to see that you're someone who's been 19 years in the making, and you're still the same freaking person that you grew up as in the Bronx. But now, now you're just a better version of that person. And a lot of it's due to the Marine Corps, but not all of it. It's just the way that you grew up. It's your family. There's so many things that just come together to make that person. So um, that, I'm really glad you brought that up. Yeah, yeah. The Marine um, Corps, the Marine Corps shaped, the Marine Corps shaped me, man. It has shaped me because at the end of the day, we do have our rules and regulations, and we we are in the military, right? Some certain things have to change. You can't be doing a lot of craziness, and you know, like you were doing the streets, you know. So over the years, you evolve and you train, you mature. So you know, for people that make those comments, they just don't understand. And you're absolutely right. You know, PTSD, PTSD is real, you know, and it's not only combat related. It, comes, it stems from different areas. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we have guys with issues, but we're blessed now to continue to, you know, support each other. And the tools are out here. 
for us to continue to improve and, and get better. And I put myself in that category and I say us to improve and get better daily, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so really, I think the last thing that I would ask, um, kind of just wrapping it up is, um, so how do you maintain your legacy as a person, as a Marine? Because something that I, another thing I heard today was really just keeping our legacy. And at the end of the day, life points towards one thing and that's at the end of the day we're all gonna die right so and i don't mean it in a negative way but like how do you when you wake up in the morning what helps you persevere and what helps you just you know get through the day and be the best version of yourself well we, we're always steady improving we're always steady trying to work and we always finding ways to improve we should be right so for me one like i mentioned earlier my son and my daughter are a little bit of a the main driving factor because until they are living their own lives and they're able to fend for themselves, then I they, I have people who depend on me, and it starts with them, and then from them to trickles down, and not up to a very very close close second, is 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 my team, is the Marines that work I work with, you know the, the Marines I work for, you know that's the the driving factor, and and then of course the small circle of friends around me who are steady improving and getting better. But as long as I'm in the Marine Corps, I got to look out for my team. And as long as I'm in this position of the recruiter instructor, I got to make sure that the team is well-equipped and they're doing better. And and that's what matters, man, is how you how you take care of your people and those around you. Because they're the ones that are going to talk about you. Once you die, you die. You know, once you die, you die. And I hope that when I pass away, I'm going to go either north to the Pearly. I don't really want to go to the gates and stand duty. I want to go to hell <laughs> continue to party, continue to party with my guys if that's such a thing, right? But I'm dead. So what matters is what you do now, today, tomorrow. If tomorrow's, you know, if we wake up tomorrow, because if I die today, what they're going to say about me, you know, there'll be some people that'll say some great things, some we still get some bad things, and there'll be some in between. But in the day, you know, it won't be a lie. You know? Yeah. No so doubt. That, that's what I would say. Just, just, yeah, just take care of your people and do best for others to the best of your ability. You know, be a leader. Not, Don't worry about being liked, you know, but also don't, don't be... You know, don't be a jackass. I don't mean to say that in there, but I'm, we're already cursing, so don't be a jackass. You know? <laughs> you know, nah, take, yeah. take care of your people. Take care of your people and your people take care of you. And that that's the best way you can, you know, leave your legacy. It's not money. It's not nothing. It's what do you do for others that's going to continue, make them want to continue to do what you were doing, you know? Yeah. Hey, and I just want to thank you, Matt Sorrent, really, for just coming out here, G-Man. Just coming out here, like I literally never met you. I hit up my boy Big Mike. Um, I call him Big Mike because of his forehead. But um, you know, I just wanted to hit him up, and I asked him about you, and he said, "Hey, man, here's his number. Hit him up. He'll come on the podcast." So I really appreciate your uh, time. I, I appreciate everything. No, I appreciate you having us, and just continue to create the content, man. Continue to put the word out there. Uh, I, I, us senior enlisted, trust me, we're not dinosaurs. We understand the importance. It's not just from a recruiting tool. But just an overall aspect of communication with the, with the team, and when I say the team, I mean our, our Marines all, from all, all levels, you know. And and we're getting there, and then and we're gonna make transitions. But one thing we can't forget, us as Marines, is that we do have rules and regulations. We do have the Uniform Military Justice. Yeah. We have our we have our customs and courtesies that we can never forget. Mm-hmm. Because if we forget that, then we just become like everybody else, and that's what sets us apart, you know. 
We gotta yeah. hold formations. We gotta we gotta talk to our people. We gotta keep our uniforms clean. We gotta clean our covers. We gotta do the little things. We gotta do the junction of bunks. When we do our inspections, that just means that we're paying attention to detail. So if you're an infantry guy and you're doing your inspections, attention to detail, you're not forgetting your gear, everything is tight, your SNR is tight. In the gym where you're training, if you're paying attention to your form and your technique and you're putting hundred percent, everything is tight, everything comes together. So, you know, we, we gotta continue to just evolve but never forget where we came from because we can make that involvement, but still be relevant and still bring our customs and courtesies with us. And this just make us better, stronger, faster, you know? No, I, I definitely do agree. And I, I thank you for saying that because my, the, the kind of just what I want to say to you is just, it really gives me, um, I'm just happy that I'm talking to someone like you because of the fact that, you know, a lot of people forget where they came from. A lot of people, and a lot of junior Marines, you know, feel that there aren't people like you in those positions. So it's really awesome to hear someone like you talking about, you know, a legacy, camaraderie, teamwork, about how it's really all on you and how it comes from you and it stems from you. So hearing that come from you and is really just just it's just great to hear it because, you know, people just forget that there are leaders like yourself that are still there that want to help and that want to be there for them and that want to help them grow and continue to press on. So it's really awesome hearing that from you. Hey, my pleasure, man. Thank you for having me. I'm sure this will be the last time. And I yeah. much love and success to the podcast, man. All right. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate it, G-Man. All right, brother. We'll talk.